everybody welcome to another episode of grad school buddy <laughs> ah um, honestly i'm sorry but i really rhymed there guys and i wasn't even planning to my name is abele chuku and i am your melanated queen still your melanated queen from nigeria today i bring to you a very important episode this is the checklist episode in the last episodes that i made I told us that it is very important to have a goal that we are working towards as we are going through graduate school. So I think that having a goal, a defined goal, helps us piece every other thing together. It helps us know what we're supposed to be doing at every point in time. It helps us know whether there's a timeline, are there deadlines, are we running behind, are we doing okay? But we can only know that when we have a goal, yeah? And so I was thinking of how to help us put this goal together and put the little mini steps together that will help us really get that application out to the schools that we are interested in. And I realized that a good place to start was to talk about the application checklist. Now, this application checklist that I'm about to talk about today is not an exhaustive list. I definitely don't know what all the schools around the world are requesting their candidates to submit. But I think that on average, this is what most applications will ask you for. As usual, I will advise that you check the website of the schools that you're interested in, check the admission requirements page, check the frequently asked questions page, and if you're an international student, please check like international students page, just in case you never can tell what you find there. And these will kind of give you a sense of, you know, is there anything missing in this application list that I have given you, or is there anything you need to add, things like that. Okay, so you know that I try to not shalai and go straight to the point. So let's dive right in. <laughs> so the first thing that I would say is on most application lists is the online application, obviously. <laughs> oh, I would also like to say that for this episode, we will be dividing the contents into two. So on one hand, I will make a list, literally just a list of everything that should be on your application checklist. And then in the minutes that follow, I will explain what each of these items are to the best of my knowledge and my ability. So the idea of doing this is so that if anybody wants to make a list or a checklist and see how much they have already, they are able to do it as we, as we converse, you know, as this episode goes on. Okay, so let's dive right in. So the first thing on your application checklist is the online application. The second thing is your resume or CV. The third thing is your academic statement of purpose. The fourth thing is your transcript. The fifth thing is your letter of recommendation or letters of recommendation. Then you have the standardized tests, the TOEFL tests, which are your English proficiency tests. It could also be IELTS, depending on the school or country. And last but not the least, the application fee. Okay, guys. So when we talk about explaining and like diving deeper into what these mean in the first place your online application portal to me i think that's the backbone of every application process i don't know that there are many schools that i, th I think i did submit some applications where they asked me to submit hard copies but they're very rare occasions most times you're actually required to submit some information online as a prospective graduate student some of the things you would expect to feel are contact information you expect to fill information about your academics or your employment, you know, the things that you've done. And if you have any articles that you have published, you could also list them. 
I also just want to say that I know that a lot of people are worried because they have never published in journals. Personally, I didn't have any journal application when I applied for my master's. So I would say, don't disqualify yourself in advance. Kind of look at your application holistically, know where your strengths and your weaknesses lie, and kind of try to use your strengths to cover for your weaknesses if that's possible. I could also make another episode talking about that. Let me know your thoughts. Okay, the next thing is your resume or curriculum vitae. I want to also say that for steps one and two, you have to really approach them with patience because I know that a lot of people in the world, myself inclusive sometimes, if I'm being honest, we feel like we feel a little bit of rage <laughs> when we just upload our resume. And the next step tells us to fill in our work history because we feel, you know, you already asked me for my resume. I give it to you. What more do you want from me? But yeah, this process kind of makes you do that. You also have to submit your resume. Some of the things that you want to have on your resume are your contact information, like your email address and your phone number. You want to have the schools or the education certifications, anything that you have. You also want to add the previous employment opportunities you have. And most people also add extracurricular activities or publications and things like that, conferences, seminars, etc., I would say add sections that you know would really make your application stronger. For real, just put the things that you know make you the strongest candidates on your resume. That's what I would say. The next thing is an academic statement of purpose. So different schools have different things. For, for this particular requirement, it could be a school telling you to maybe answer a particular question. They give you a particular prompt. That's what it is. They could ask you, like, what do you think about this particular regression analysis method, if you're into like econ or international, no, I mean, I don't think it's just an econ thing, but if you're into like research, they could ask you that. So like I said, please look at your school's portal and know what they are requesting of you. The next thing is your transcript. So transcripts basically are your results from maybe your undergrad, if you're applying to grad school or, I mean, this is grad school buddy. So but also if you're an undergrad, like if you're an aspiring undergrad student listening to this, it could also be your high, high school results. So yes, definitely for us in Nigeria as Nigerians, um, you could use your unofficial transcripts. Yes. I mean, and this is not just a Nigerian thing. I think I'm just specifically saying that as an international student coming from Nigeria, I had to use the West evaluation system, which took some time. So you would want to give yourself some time to also, you know, get your transcript from your university, get your university to send your transcript to West and give enough time for West to send it to the prospective school that you would like to go to. This is so that you don't run out of time. It's not then time for the whole admission process to either kick off or to end. And you're, you're still in that phase where you don't even have a transcript to send. But know that some schools allow applicants submit unofficial transcripts. However, before you are admitted, before you finally get enrolled into the program, you have to show them the official transcript. And a lot of times you might have to evaluate it through agencies like WES. Whew, okay, that's a lot of talking, guys. <laughs> the next thing is your letters of recommendation. So I just want to share advice that nobody asked me for. Do you get? I'm like a Nigerian auntie. You haven't asked me for advice, but I'm approaching you with my advice. So here it is. Somebody once told me that what he does is, and I will have to shout out to the person because this is really solid advice. My undergraduate professor, thank you so much. I don't know if you want me to mention your name, <laughs> so I will keep it moving. 
But he told me that what he does is that when he decides on the schools that he wants to apply to, he opens the application portal. He goes to the point where you get the letters of recommendation and he sends out requests months ahead of time. And I will tell you why. Every other part of the application process depends on you as a person. So anytime that you write your statement of purpose and you upload it, that's on you. Anytime you finish dealing with your transcripts, wahala, which means problem for my non-Nigerian audience, wahala means problem, that's on you. So every other thing like feeling your work experience, it, is, it depends on you. But your letters of recommendation depend on the people who are recommending you. You don't know whether they would have to go for a conference or like a family event or whether they would have an emergency. And so it's always best to give them as much time as possible. Your letter of recommendation, some schools request that they, which they should be from an academic source such as your previous professors. Some schools also request that you could have a professional, like someone in a professional setting, maybe your previous boss be your recommender, depending on who you know, like what your network is like, etc. A lot of people think that it's better to use somebody with a lot of clout in the industry as your recommender. But one thing I know is that I have asked somebody to be my recommender and they said the recommendation letter they wrote for me was, I recommend my name, my surname <laughs> for this position. And that was literally all they said. That was all they said. <laughs> and I think it would have been better for me if somebody with less clout had really talked about, okay, like, yes, I worked with a Billy. This was what she did. This is, these are my thoughts about her. So I would always say that if the people you know with clouds don't know you enough to write you a good recommendation letter, you should go to the people who really know you, who appreciate you and have worked with you. They know your strengths. They can speak to your expertise and your ability to really do well in a graduate school program. My two cents though. Personally, I used two of my undergraduate professors and one of my colleagues in quote, who later became a friend who was working with an NGO. So it was an NGO based in Nigeria. My recommenders were very brilliant people doing very good for themselves, but they weren't on CNN every night addressing the world is what I mean. So, but then the recommendation letters they, they wrote for me got me into graduate school. So that is why I say that it's always best to have somebody who knows you better write your recommendation letter. The next thing that you would need to submit are your standardized test scores. So these are your GRE scores. Of course, you know that I already made an episode about the need to submit your test scores on the day of your test, ETC. So if you have already done that, you have already done this part of the application and you don't have to think about that. If you didn't do that, you might have to go log on to the ETS portal and send additional test scores. Remember, like I said, it's going to cost you an additional $27 to send each test score. So please, if you can, send your test scores on the day that you write your exam. Okay. Then you have the TOEFL, which is the English proficiency test. Same advice as I gave for the GRE. Also plan to write both exams early. I would like to say plan to give yourself a chance to write it again, as you mean you don't make it the first time. I'll be really honest with you. Not everybody makes it the first time and that's perfectly okay. If you have the means and you think that a higher score might boost your admission chances, I guess writing it early kind of gives you the chance to then decide, okay, 
yes, I've written this exam now. I don't really like my score. I can write it again and still have enough time to submit my admission application in time. Also, please check what the minimum score requirements for your program, <laughs> what, what you have to score in order to be considered for admission. Because if not, you don't want to be kind of like wasting your resources for programs that will kind of disqualify you based on your score. You want to be careful with that. The final thing is the application fee. So the application fee is, I guess a lot of programs put this to kind of reduce the number of applicants that apply. Because imagine if everybody everywhere could apply. Like, I guess that this makes it very difficult for people who are struggling to apply to graduate school. But like I said, please guys, like, Learn to network in your graduate school process. There are so many international students who have worked this part before you. They know how hard it is. Things might not be like, oh my God, so rosy for them at the moment. But best believe that you might find somebody who's willing to give you like 50 bucks to add to your admission hustle. So please join like admission support groups. Please network with like international students. Most importantly, please, please feel free to reach out to schools for admission application fee waivers. So guys, whew, we went through that list pretty quick. I think the only thing that I might not have explicitly mentioned is the statement of purpose. But I think everybody, I, like I think it's quite popular. It's either people submit the academic statement or your statement of purpose. This is when you say, you know, I have always wanted to do X, Y, Z. This is why I've always wanted to do X, Y, Z. This program will help me do X, Y, Z. <laughs> and from this program, I will be able to do X, Y, Z. Of course, I will have a more elaborate episode on what can and should be in your statement of purpose, what to do with your statement of purpose. But <laughs> this is the admission application checklist episode and it's been so great honestly i can't lie man i am so thirsty so halfway it stopped being as as <laughs> halfway it stopped being as great as it was to be here because i really wanted to drink water but yes it's been so great being here it's been so great sharing with you thank you for listening and if you have any questions either about the checklist or about any other activity that leads up to the application process or you want to even know something about being in grad school or just about what life is like after grad school, please feel very free. Go on the socials, tag us, ask us. We will respond, okay? Till we meet next time in the next episode. Remain as awesome as you've always been. See, I should stop singing, guys. 